And welcome back to Freight Waves Live at Home. I am JP Hampstead, Director of Passport Research here in Chattanooga, Tennessee at Freight Waves. And I'm joined by Transfix co-founder and chairman Drew McElroy. Hey, Drew. Hi, JP. How's it going, man? It's going great. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I'm, I'm really excited about our conversation today. We're going to be talking about the evolution of freight tech, the cooperation, competition, and partnership between different companies in, in this space and where it's all headed. So, um, you know, I can't really think of anyone better than you to talk about this. So, um, you know, really appreciate the time and looking forward to the conversation. Well, I, I certainly appreciate the compliment, sir. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited as well. It's a it's an exciting time uh, in our industry. So it's uh, it's good to once in a while take stock and talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about uh, that th this exciting time in our industry. Um, maybe a little bit more uh, specifically, Drew. Um, you know, the trailing one year uh, numbers for a lot of transportation companies um, are kind of you know wacky and, and unusual. Uh, you know, we just got out of uh, obviously earnings season where um, you know companies like Robinson and Echo and Hub Group killed it. Can you talk a little bit about what the past year? Has been like at Transfix, and you know the the kind of growth that you guys have experienced. Certainly, uh, and, and and before I before I speak specifically to our business, I I just want to say you know it was a tough year, sort of you know in the trenches for for the for the drivers and for the folks that were on the front lines and, and exposed to it. And we all know that they 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 keep our economy moving and our lives functioning. And so you know we we're we're lucky at Transfix that we're in a position to try to help everyone, but we were you know not directly exposed to it. And so coming out of a pandemic before we talk about the impacts of it on our business, I think it's just important to acknowledge the sort of sacrifices that that everyone made and and, and, and our deep appreciation sort of for them. Um, you know, it, it certainly was an interesting year, you know, from a purely, you know, uh, capitalist perspective, uh, it, it, Transfix has done extremely well. Um, you know, other than, uh, you know, we, we joked uh, with our with our team, our, our sort of March and April comps of this year were were pretty easy to beat year over year comps because obviously the end of March last year and, and at the very beginning of the pandemic was was a very difficult time but pretty much you know by by May of last year as things started to, to ramp um, you know we, we found our our customers were um, frankly that much more um, I guess intrigued is the right way to say it or or they saw that much more value in in the value prop of digitization versus analog and so you know if anything. As macabre as it sounds, the, the 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 sort of the pandemic has acted as a tailwind for sort of our business, and I think all things freight tech. And and you know, we were sort of snowballing down the hill before the pandemic, and I, and I think you know ultimately this has just made everyone you know from from shipper to carrier and everybody in between sort of realize that uh, there's there are opportunities here to make all of our lives better on a go forward basis. We've noticed here at Freeways, and and you know, I personally noticed just. Um, you know, talking to different providers, different companies in transportation logistics and, and, and working with them on, on, on certain projects, that the old narrative that these transportation companies are sort of jealously guarding their data and, you know, really want to keep, silo it, keep it in-house, protect it because of some competitive reason, uh, that narrative is, has kind of blown up. Uh, can you talk a little bit about just what we've seen as the increased willingness for people to collaborate, to share data, to um, really try to make each other smarter? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, by and large, our industry is a, uh, a curious one, uh, but also one that is that has been burned in the past and is and is perhaps um, more interested in results than than hyperbole. Right. And so I think historically, folks have maybe been hesitant to, to overly share because the, the sort of the value that that doing so, uh, you know, the, it could be argued that it wasn't that there wasn't that much value creation. In fact, some people in the past might have thought that sharing their data would allow it to be used against them. Um, you know, speaking specifically for Transfix and, and our journey, I, I can tell you that our our customers and our carriers and, and, and our new customers and prospects, and, you know, for the people that are new to the team um, are, yeah, there's been a clear sea change and a willingness uh, to share and to collaborate. But I think part of that is driven on, you know, you know, at least speaking again for ourselves, our ability to put our money where our mouth is, right? Like we have, you know, real data and real case studies and real other parties that you can speak to that, that can, you know, speak to the benefit of sort of, you know, opening the kimono a little bit. And, you know, you know, we, we, we talked about this a little offline and I'm sure it'll be thematic here, but I, I think the, the whole nature of where our industry is going is, you know, some from sort of individually siloed digitized service into sort of more, more fulsome solutions. And that, you know, to sort of get to that next level of level of value creation, you, you have to be that much more integrated, and that's that's the journey I think that we're all on here. And it also, also I think, um, you know, it creates kind of a decision point for a lot of technology companies that are interested in, in working in transportation logistics. There's there's a great you know you get funding because some you know some companies get funding because they're a product company, right? But then when they actually want to work with large, sophisticated customers, they find themselves sort of slowly morphing into an integration company. And they're doing lots and lots of custom building um, and, you know, uh, customer success, professional services and all of that uh, is sort of neck and neck with, with the kind of revenue that, that um, technology investors actually like. Um, that's, that's one Really interesting. Speaking of integrations, um, you guys just signed a strategic partnership with Project 44, uh, one of the leading real-time visibility providers for North America and, and globally, honestly. Can you tell me a little bit about you know, what that involves? I understand why P44 um, would want to do that deal, why they would want to plug in to what Jet McCandle is called your very expert, high-quality carrier network, but you know, and you can explain that. But what's what's the benefit on the Transfix side? What do you what are you guys getting out of this partnership? Sure. So, I, I guess the best way to, to really answer your question is to talk a little bit about sort of the underpinning uh, philosophy here, or what the what the sort of the vision is for the future, right? And so I, you know, I'm I'm on record saying this many times, right? The 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 vision for Transfix, and I, and I'm sure you know either publicly or given sodium pentothal, we're probably not alone and, and other folks who would say the same thing, right? Like we have a vision for the future that is uh, that is ultimately, you know, global and integrated and, and multimodal, right? Because that is ultimately how shippers see the world. And, you know, ultimately it is from planning to execution and adjudication and backwards and forwards, right? Like drive utilization of assets designed to ship things, ship things in the most efficient way, plan it efficiently, uh, you know, with real-time data, make it fully transparent, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, that has been our vision to be candid from from day one, uh, you know, back in 2013. But in 2013, 
it was quite literally just that. It was a vision on a whiteboard and, and some slides, right? And so I think the journey that sort of everyone is collectively on is is it's it's, it's effectively a race, right? Like who can get there first and with the most momentum? And you know, I, I sort of said a few minutes ago, right? Like the only way any of us speaking for, I, I think, at least speaking for Transfix, and I think if I may be so presumptuous, speaking for digitally native companies, you know, of this generation, it is very difficult to do anything successfully with a very broad initial mandate uh, because resources are finite and you have to find, uh, you know, a place to get leverage and then, you know, push on that to, to continue to grow. And, and so, but you have to counterbalance that with what I said a moment before that, which is this ultimate, very broad and grand vision. And so, you know, like anything, right, it, it, it is, a, is it about the actual strategy from step A through step Z and, and, and from there. And so as it you know, relates to things like, like, you know, Project 44, which obviously Jed and his team have built a, a fantastic company. Um, it, it's obviously different than Transfix uh, in terms of, you know, how they monetize their products. And, and I, again, I don't want to speak for Jed, but how they think about the world, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, I, again, speaking for ourselves, we are with a project with, uh, with a partnership with somebody like Project 44 and, you know, uh, the ability to capitalize on some of the integrations they've built and, and, you know, some of the other blocking and tackling and infrastructure that they've built. Um, it allows us to go that much more quickly, right? Visibility is a part of our platform and Project 44 has a strategy to deliver visibility in a in a great way, right? And so, you know, it is not the only way we provide visibility, but as we sort of broaden our aperture, why not partner with a non-competitive network like that that's, you know, like-minded companies and and we can make even make each other stronger and and ultimately go more quickly. So, uh yeah, I mean, you know, again, these are you no know, we joke, but every day is a case study, right? Like every every conversation is is this competitive? Is this an opportunity to partner together? How do we design it in a way that like allows us to mutually benefit and not, you know, <laughs> go at each other's neck, right? Like, I mean, these are all the sort of the details and the fun stuff of it all. And, you know, like, I think the title of our, of our chat here is, you know, is about stealth mode, right? And like, you know, our strategy is generally to talk about things after we've done them rather than before, right? Both because talk is cheap and, and why, why sort of telegraph what's coming, you know, and, and let people prepare for it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like, so speaking specifically about about P forty four, they're they're great partners, and we're we're very excited to work with them. Great, that's that's helpful. I was I was talking to someone um, the other day, you know, in, in freight tech, and they kind of said that one, you know, <clears throat> one possible end state, you know, that especially shippers want, right, is automated global door to door information on rates, capacity, and risk, and you know, you know. How much does it cost? Um, is my stuff actually going to move? And what's the chance that it doesn't? And what, what should I do about it if something goes wrong? But actually building that and delivering that is, you know, impossible to do on your own, really. Right. Um, well, and at risk of sounding like a total jerk about it, I would suggest that it's very, very articulate, but it's it's only half, right? It's It's understand it, but then it's also go and do it. And if under one framework, you have the, the, the entity suggesting the strategy, and then with the blessing of the decision makers, then being able to say, if, you, if what we're suggesting as an outcome sounds better to you than your current reality, 
this is not a consulting proposal. This is not a hypothetical. It goes from you saying, I like this to you saying, do it. And it, it all happens. Right. And so it's the same person who articulated the idea being accountable to deliver it. And therefore you have like one neck to choke and you're constantly measuring yourself against what you said rather than the classic, well, the consultant said it could be done for this, but in reality it's this and it's, you know, it's the other person's fault, right? One place that has the strategic planning and the visibility and the data and the risk puts together the optimized solution and then is also accountable and responsible for executing it. I mean, that that is the end state, I think, right? Yeah. That and, 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 and that's sort think, of the end. And I think that, um, you know, what that sort of depends on, again, is that is that willingness on the part of companies to be more transparent, to share their data, you know, to have someone um, not just do a sort of a study or an academic analysis or, um, you know, some sort of some sort of project like that, but also with the ability to execute it. Someone who also, you know, in theory, wants to make a margin on on, on the results. Right. Um, there's it's. I, th I think the willingness of, of companies to be open and honest about their networks, the issues they're having, their intentions, right, um, has been we, we've seen we've seen that change a lot, um, and it's been it's been uh, helpful for us, and you know, obviously, obviously for Transfix as well. Um, well one of the things I wanted to yeah. go ahead, Drew. No, I was just going to say I think you're, I think you're absolutely right, and like candidly. It's why when we started Transfix, we started with the marketplace, right? Like, you know, much to the chagrin of certain groups of investors and things like that, right? It is generally uh, an, perhaps a happier path. I won't say easier because nothing is easier, but a happier path to start a nice software business and, you know, generate multiples on software. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a wonderful business. And there's many, many people who have created a tremendous amount of value doing that. We chose to start with the execution, like the granular in the trenches execution, because of exactly what you just said. Like there is a resistance in our industry to trust because people have been burned for a long time. And so we thought the, the best vector for us was put your money where your mouth is. Like we started with individual spot truckloads and proved to our you know very large enterprise customers that they can be done in a different way, right? And, and you start to develop trust incrementally by delivering, right? Forgive the pun. And as you do that, it's like, okay, well, now we'll include you in the RFP. Oh, now we will actually listen to you if you make strategic recommendations. Oh, we can do this more integrated partnership, right? These things become easier when when the, the buyer is interacting with somebody that they have a relationship with and has proven themselves to be a person or an entity of their word and able to not not just, you know, sizzle but also deliver the steak right that's that's the important part and that's the way we've built our business and you know how these things go eventually the momentum gets to a point where you start to like just break free right because you have enough credibility that that new shippers are more willing to trust because they've heard from others and they've seen the results that others have gotten and you know it's less of a of an exercise in bushwhacking every single time and there's maybe a little bit more you know, like, listen, we still know this is a tough business and everybody's, you know, got their got their uh, objectives and rightfully so. But like the, the momentum is certainly increasing without question. That's right. Can we talk a little bit just about um, how you think about what I've, I think I called offline, the dissolving borders between freight matching, transportation management systems and visibility solution providers, some visibility providers, you know, 
kind of dip their toe in the water of freight man- matching makes total sense. If you know where all the trucks are, what they like to do, if you know the shipper networks, why not make intelligent recommendations? Um, obviously, uh, brokers and people who you know find capacity have offered uh, transportation management systems to um, help their customers first of all, but also to you know get cleaner data that can be um, worked on more efficiently by algorithms. And you know, and of course, uh, you've got you've got the visibility solution providers who are tying it all together. Um, can you tell me a little bit just about um, where you see those those sort of three industries going? Yeah, I mean, so it's 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 basically thematic with what we've already been discussing, right? Like we're moving from this world where everything was analog, and in the future, everything is going to be digital, right? I, I think. Most people would agree on that, at least I do, right? And so the real question is like, how do you transition and get from here to there? And what does sort of the world look like uh, on the other side of it all, right? And and so to me, part of that starts with like the analysis of what of what is, right? And we and we talk about all these different silos, whether it's you know PMS provider or you know different types of software companies or you know however folks want to delineate themselves. You can either you can even talk about it sort of like within the execution uh, of, of, of shipments, you know, oh, is this a spot truckload or is this a contract truckload or, or even, you know, between modes, right? Like, is this a volume LTL shipment or is this a, a light truckload or, you know, we make it a two-stop, you know, there's all sorts of different um, categories that, that we as an industry have developed over time, right? And I think that is the result of the analog nature of our business historically, right? These were decisions being made by humans and humans work in a certain way, right? And so we've got all these customers, right? And like, somebody's got to decide, is this a truckload or an LTL, right? Which desk is it going to, right? Like back in the day, it's got to, it's got to have a home. And so you would sort of create these, what I would argue, artificial silos, right? Like it's really not truckload and LTL. It's really a spectrum of what is the most efficient way to fulfill the demand of the need to move those goods from point A to point B. And we've sort of created all of these buckets so that humans can manage it. But the manifestation of digitization is that those sorts of planning level data-driven dynamic decisions are not going to be made by humans. I mean, already they're not being made by humans and and like we're just getting started, right? And so, I mean, you've, you've yeah, so sort of... Mean, what you're suggesting really is not just... Uh, the dissolving borders between kinds of uh, technology solutions or services, but even even between uh, the modes that have these sort of sharp boundaries that were you know useful um, for you know job descriptions and org charts and marketing in the past, but now you know people you know don't necessarily think of themselves as as you know like like I'm, I'm not an LTL shipper. I'm not a truckload shipper. I just need my freight moved. Uh, right. I'm a, I'm a business that needs to reposition my widgets from from point A to point B, and I need to, you know, it's a dual optimization that has that has like uh, cross uh, tension, right? Because they ultimately, of course, you want to keep your total landed cost as low as possible, but you also have to fulfill your customers' expectations in terms of on-time delivery and actually making the, the freight available, whether it's the retail or CPG or manufacturing or whatever. And those, you know, right. I mean, obviously there's tension between, you know, cost and service and sort of any business. Right. And so 
yes, I, I, we've we've already said this, right? Like from the perspective of a shipper, they don't think LTL truckload. They 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 think I want to do that. And, and over time, of course, you had to engineer these categories to actually execute it. But from a sort of strategic mindset, it's we've sold these widgets and we need to make right. them more than they need to, to be. Almost if you go back to like first principles, like right. It, you, That's right. yeah, like the the mo like being a mode agnostic shipper, and even even like almost. Um, Making mode obsolete as as a, a sort of a category of thinking. Well, and um, it's the same thing is true on the on the asset based side as well, right? I mean, the carriers don't think, oh, I want to be a truckload driver. They think I want to I want to drive trucks or I want to own trucks and I want to you know ultimately take as much free cash as I possibly can, right? And so if you think about those as the the realities of the world, and again, I mean that's been us from the very beginning like yes we have to fight within the constraints of reality and 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 play nice because that's how you grow a business but the sort of ultimate end state is all of these sort of categorical boundaries get wiped out right and you have the sort of central intelligence that understands those fundamental needs shippers need to move goods and those who own assets designed to move goods need to generate revenue as much revenue per asset hour as possible, right? And and all of the rest of this has been an analog infrastructure built around it to do that as well as humans can do. But part of the the process of digitization and like all the silly stuff of like the AI taking over and all that is just all these categories don't exist anymore. And it's like, well, why don't we do that, right? And of course, there's a behavior change and it's not an overnight thing, but as a directionality, that's that's where we're going. So in this new world where um, you know collaboration is considered a necessary part of doing business, when people realize that you know we've got either to you know well, we can't build all this technology on our own, we either have to buy someone or partner with someone or you know create an API that that lets us talk to each other. Um, it's created almost a new more fertile environment for startups to evolve in and, and to be born in, right? Um, I, th- I think you said offline that it's almost like like the oxygen level in, in the inv- in the habitat has been raised for for new startups. What what are these What are these companies going to do? That's my that's my that's the last <laughs> question. I'm, I'm going well, to leave I you mean, I mean, hell, if I knew the answer to that, I probably wouldn't say it here. I'd probably be you know seating entrepreneurs, which. I'm actually doing right. But like, listen, I, I think uh, I'll, I'll say this, right? Like, again, this is a huge and nuanced space, right? And like I said, the, the sort of grand statements I've made in this conversation with the sort of acknowledgement that there's going to be plenty of people in our business who are like, this guy's out of his mind. Like, this is like way too big of an ocean to boil. And so fair enough, right? Like, we'll, we'll ultimately see. But like, to that end, if you're an entrepreneur, who wants to do something, there is no more fertile ground, right? And like, it's, it's, it's pretty simple, right? Find a problem that you can solve in a way such that if you do, you will have increasing leverage, right? Find something that you can do uniquely that if you do it, you will do more of it. And that'll obviously be good. And then you can move into th- new things, right? And so, you know, I, I don't know, right? I mean, I have some ideas, of course, but I'll like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll keep those to myself. But you're I not going to let me in the round, too. I, I mean, listen, pal, we, you and me, we can we can do whatever you want, but maybe we we you know have that privately rather than all of our wonderful friends in, in Freightwaves viewership land. But like, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm being partly tongue in cheek because you can't 
you can't tri- walk down the street without tripping over a great entrepreneur and a great idea. I mean, you guys are seeing it in Chattanooga as much as anybody. And that's, that, that does my heart really good. Cause I remember in 2012 when it was clean tech and every VC was like, logistics hell no so we've come we've come a long way man and that's very exciting and one of the things that we did mention i just want to want to leave out there too is i just think that the increasing sophistication and penetration of telematics devices especially are creating a whole new you know foundation layer right for for, like the, the the data is better it's cleaner there's more of it there's more you know attributes we're learning more about what's happening to trucks and assets and trailers um, as, as they move uh, through physical in- infrastructure networks. And um, I, I think that's, that's really exciting. And, and I'm waiting for companies, you know, more companies like, like platform science, for example, that can really take advantage of super high quality uh, uh, data like that. Well, Drew, um, you know, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate the conversation. It's always a pleasure to hear from you, especially, on these topics. Uh, I hope you're well and, um, and you know, ho- hope everything uh, goes great in, in New York. JP, a pleasure, my friend. We will uh, we'll catch up soon. Stay safe and, uh, and thank you for having me. Good chat. And will I see you in, in Chattanooga in, in November for the Future of Freight Festival? I'm looking forward to it, man. You couldn't keep me out of there with, uh, with a stick. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care, man.